You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. Well, I am recording um, on Sunday this morning, and the reason I didn't want to record last night like I have been doing uh, more recently is because things have gotten so crazy so often that, um, I mean, stuff was just coming out by the minute. And it's funny because, you know, we've seen this for a few years now where there's blood in the water and the sharks start to circle. This happens, we've seen this every year with Aaron Rodgers. Now, obviously this year it materialized, but for the past several years, there's been this thing with Aaron Rodgers and he's not happy and all this stuff and everybody in the media has got an opinion on it and nothing ends up happening, but we got to hear about it. And man, are they circling right now. And everybody's on high alert, and everybody's watching everything that everybody does, and everybody's got a report, and everybody's got an insight, and everybody's got a feeling and a thought, and this and that, and we all know what's going to happen. Everybody's losing their minds. I saw Vach Lombardi on Twitter. Uh, I think it was last night, but I saw it this morning. Vach Lombardi is a guy I used to watch a lot on YouTube. It's back in the day when I started doing YouTube. He was he was sort of what I aspired to be when I was doing draft content. Now there's 500 people that have surpassed both of us. But um, anyways, he's a draft sort of evaluator guy, but he's a Cowboys fan. And he said, boy, I'm, you know, I'm so glad I'm not a Packers fan with all that drama. A Cowboys fan. And you know what? Right now, at least, he's not wrong. It's a little weird coming from a Cowboys fan, but drama central. But he's not wrong. I mean, and it's weird because I always felt like we got the short end of the straw because we never had any fun offseason content. Everybody else gets all the fun. Packers are always so quiet, right? Their players don't ever talk. They go off and do their own thing. They're not all over social media. The team obviously is unbelievably tight-lipped. They don't cause any problems. You know, they sign their own guys. They don't ever use the franchise tag. Nobody's ever, like, super unhappy except rumors about Rodgers. And now we're getting it, and now I don't like it. And now we got to fend off everybody. And, and Bears fans are the absolute worst. Just the—it's it, funny because I've been saying almost all offseason— Bears fans don't bother me, Vikings fans do. But ever since Justin Fields got drafted, suddenly that has changed rapidly. And I know not all, I get it, not all. Sorry, sane Bears fans. I'm very sorry that the the loudest ones on social media right now happen to be the dumbest. But it's amazing how this this makes people feel strong. It is kind of funny, too, because it you realize how much guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams keep the hyenas at bay. You never see him chirping. I haven't heard a Bears fan be confident in anything in quite a while. I haven't heard him come at the throat of Packer fans, you know, quite like this 
since like elementary school when, when I lived in Illinois because it's a losing battle. But now, and again, I did the whole spiel a week or two ago saying you guys need to wait, at least wait because you don't know what's going to happen. And I promise you Packers fans are pulling receipts. Packer fans are good at it, dude. Packer fans are a special bunch, dominate in a lot of different areas. Small market, but you look at the the everything. I mean, a- any area you want to look at, whether it be podcasts, YouTube, um, just the creativity, the people that can do things on social media. It's quite an enterprise we have over here. And pulling receipts is just a real simple thing that just about anybody can do. As a matter of fact, I have an idea, because I don't know if anybody does this. That would be a nice little uh, niche for somebody to get into. You know how everybody's like got their own thing? If you're looking for a thing, and you got some spare time, and you want to be a real big Packers contributor and uh, sort of uh, have a big, you know, everybody knows you kind of thing, be a Packers account that just pulls receipts. That's it. It's sort of like old takes exposed, but it's Packers content. People submit it to you, and all you got to do is screenshot it. And you can put it up on your computer. You get all the little folders organized. You know, if somebody makes a comment about Aaron Rodgers, you could even say, you know, Bears, you know, just do all the Bears, Aaron Rodgers, da-da-da. So when Aaron Rodgers beats the Bears, you go to your Bears, Aaron Rodgers folder, and you just pull a bunch of receipts about Bears fans talking trash about Aaron Rodgers. Or Devontae's leaving, right? Every time somebody, you know, I talk to a Raiders fan. Apparently the Raiders are 100% sure that he's going to, to the Raiders. He almost seems surprised that I doubted that they're going to the Raiders. It was kind of weird. I mean, it's weird when you step into other territories, you know, because Raiders fans are in their own universe. It's weird that we're all on Twitter, but we all have our own little universe. He's positive. It's weird. But yeah, that would be a uh, be an idea for you. Just a Packers old takes exposed. And plus, people like me would love to use you as a resource. Like, hey, dude, you got any, uh, got any receipts for this? Be cool, too, if you put it on, like, uh, OneDrive or whatever the other one's called cloud storage, because then you could be on your phone and just pull it up. You don't have to be like at home on your computer. Not that hard of a gig. And it's, I mean, it's, I say you got to have free time, but it's something that you could do, especially with cloud storage on your phone while you're at work or whatever else. You see somebody making some big, boisterous, nonsense claim, either about their team, could be Cowboys, could be anybody. Could be about Denver fans popping off about Rogers. Could be Florio stuff. Florio gets his own folder, right? Like this Florio Zadarius stuff. Save it. Save all of it. And we'll talk about that too. Just an idea. And it would be a good resource for all of us. And we would all follow you. So get after it. Now there's going to be nine of them. But that's fine. Free market packetalism. <laughs> Anyways, where to even begin? Um, obviously, the whole last ride thing, which that came out. So the last time I did an episode would have been, well, technically yesterday for you. But it was two days ago for me. And I think the last ride thing happened after I, so it's kind of two days old, but I haven't talked about it yet, but I think I want to save that until after the break. Let's start off with a little bit of news. So um, speaking of cocky Bears fans, one of the guys that they were positive kind of was already a freak was Anthony Miller. And it's, it's funny how we're just supposed to brush it off and pretend like it never happened. But the Chicago Bears via Mark, Mike Garofolo, at least that's who I'm citing, probably wasn't the first to break it, but trading wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Texans. Apparently, it was only a late-round swap, so basically they got nothing for him. This was a second-round pick, and they got the value probably of around a seventh-round pick for him. This is a place where, again, if I had a receipts guy, 
I'd be reaching out. You know what you could, I tell you what, and this ain't a bad idea, Mr. New Receipts Guy. And some people would be mad at you because you're trying to capitalize on it, blah, 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 blah. This is a resource for me. You know what I do for things like this? I pay for it. I pay for things like this. I have websites that provide me things that I need for my podcast, and I pay for it. Sometimes it's not much. There are several, actually, that I use Patreon for. I have two that I use for this podcast that are just Patreon-based. You could possibly set something up where patrons get access to the folders. Tell you what, I'm going to give you a couple of days. If you don't do it, I might do it. I don't have that much time, but again, it's not going to take that much time. I'll do it myself, and then I'll make my own money. Get it set up build up some kind of a database, and until you have one, I'm not, you know, I can't give you anything because you have nothing to offer me, unless you're going to go do research for me. Just saying. Tell you what, you don't even need to start a Twitter account. You just come, quote-unquote, work for me for very little money, and there you go. A lot of options for you, but just doing a little bit of my own homework. couple references to touchdowns. All he catches is touchdowns. Eric Lambert, lead Bears writers for Sports Mockery, co-host, blah, 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 who cares, Um, Anthony Miller may be the new Chris Carter, because in the immortal words of Buddy Ryan, all he does is catch touchdowns. Miller has 33 catches this year, a whopping 21.12% of them. Seven have gone for a score. Okay. (laughs) Again, with the stats, man. Look, the the reason why when I search, I'm just going to address this one real quick. The reason why when I do a search, I put filters, is because if you don't have a big enough sample size, you're going to be way too high. For example, if I look at pressure percentage, which PFF doesn't even have pressure percentage, but let's just pretend. I have to filter out people who haven't played very much. Because if you had five snaps, and in one of those opportunities, you got a sack, what is your pressure rate? Not even that. What is your sack rate, which is lower than a pressure rate, obviously? It's 20%. So you're better than Aaron Donald. Congratulations. No, you put in a filter because over time, you start to get a more real picture and that number starts to drift downward because really high numbers like this are incredibly hard and, dare I say, impossible to sustain. 33 catches, not a super big sample size. So at this particular time, 21.12% of his receptions were touchdowns. By the end of his career, it was 7.9%. Do you know why? Because as he started getting more playing time for the Chicago Bears, the touchdowns didn't follow. And um, nothing followed. Nothing happened. And he's just done now. He's going to the no man's land of the Houston Texans where, jeez, that poor guy. Um, If we look at some articles, this is via the Daily News. Pretty much everyone seems to believe the Chicago Bears got a steal when they selected University Memphis wideout Anthony Miller, number 51 overall in the second round of the 2018 NFL Draft. But Miller has been so impressive in training camp, working out in the slot, and yes, that makes him attractive in PPR fantasy leagues, that the Chicago Tribune speculated on the numbers he might put up in his rookie season. Although not exactly a prediction, football writer Brad Biggs, who is a pretty well-known Chicago Bears guy, indicated that 50 catches and perhaps a half a dozen touchdowns are not unreasonable expectations. Now, technically, he did get that. He got seven touchdowns, but again, remarkably high touchdown rate. He did not get to 50 catches. He got to 36. Right, Chicago Tribune, Dan Widerer. He has been this way his whole life, with his competitive fire always lit Anthony Miller envisioning big things with the Bears. These are the worst articles in the world. When you, what, I, I will never finish an article like this. When it starts off, Anthony Miller looks over a piece of paper torn from a small notebook and gives a quizzical look. Dude, what, what, what are we talking about here? 
what what does he look at? What? Stupid. So stupid. Bottom line is the piece of paper is um, records that Bears rookies attained. His quote was, I can get that, he says. I'm going to keep this, actually. He says, I can get all these numbers, Miller repeats, honestly. Record catches, 356. Record yards, 5,059. Touchdowns, 50. He didn't come close to really any of those. 136 receptions, 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns is how he ended his career. And look, there's these fluff pieces are out there for everybody, and you can do this for the Packers too. But it's a decent reminder for Bears fans who, again, I can't think of any other fan base. And again, I don't know what's going on over in Raiders territory or Chargers territory or what you know the Jaguars are talking about with Trevor Lawrence, but I have not seen anybody else be as confident as Bears fans about Justin Fields. One of the last times I remembered it was about Anthony Miller. They were popping off big time about how good he was, better than a bunch of Packers receivers. He's this big old stud. He's oh, they, they would not stop with him. But again, the, the thing that's annoying is now that he's gone, crickets. We're just all supposed to pretend that it never happened. We're supposed to pretend that Bears fans weren't so cocky and so confident about how great Anthony Miller was going to be. I remember. Why am I just going to let him get away with it? Especially not, look, if they weren't so cocky about Justin Fields, maybe okay. All right, you get excited about a guy. We're excited about Amari Rodgers. He might be terrible. I don't know. Not as cocky as they were about Anthony Miller. Certainly not as cocky as they are about Justin Fields. But, anyways, you know, we're not going to move on yet. You know what else is weird about the whole thing? If, you had, if I had to guess which teams are the most cocky about their prospects, it's going to be number one teams that are very good, but in a sense, Essentially, I don't know why I said the same thing twice in two different ways, but just just bear with me. Teams that draft well, because you have a higher expectation that your guy's going to do well, right? Packer fans in the past when Ted Thompson was considered the greatest drafter of all time, or or maybe just a really early draft pick, like if you have the number one overall pick, something like that. You right? you just you just have this feeling they're going to be real good. That would make sense for being super confident about something. Where does it come from for the Bears? What, what is the thing in your brain that says, you know what, our guy nailed it? Even Packer fans with Jordan Love. Oh, our, our guy doesn't know how to evaluate quarterback talent. Bears fans don't do that. <laughs> and, and by the way, in, in a way, kudos to them. Seriously, kudos to you for believing in your team and your guys and being excited. Because you should be excited. You shouldn't be aggressive because you're just setting yourself up for failure. But you should be happy, right? When you talk to other Bears fans, buddies, like, dude, I'm so excited for Justin. Good. That's way better than Packer fans going, Jordan Love's going to suck. Because apparently, Gutekunst might have liked Deshaun Kaiser. (laughs) He doesn't know how to evaluate quarterbacks. Right? Because if you ever miss on a prospect, you just can't evaluate them ever. So because they've missed on defensive tackle talent, they can't draft defensive tackles. Right? Packers... Terrible at evaluating cornerback talent, which is why Jair sucks so bad. That's how you know, right? That's that's just how you know. We should have seen it coming. We should have known Jair was going to be garbage because Demarius Randall, because Quentin Rollins, because Josh Jackson, who was actually drafted after him. But that's how you know because Kevin King. So shouldn't just shouldn't we should just farm it out, man? If you can't draft, farm it out. That's funny because that's literally what Baltimore Ravens fans say about wide receivers. Whenever I draft them a wide receiver, they're like, look, dude, bad pick. I'm like, seriously? Because you guys don't have very good wide receivers. They're like, no, 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 I get it. But we don't know how to draft wide receivers, so let's draft other positions, and we'll just go in free agency with those. It's like, 
all right, I guess. I mean, it's a draft channel, so I can't help you in free agency, so I'm just going to draft needs. Um, but I, all right, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, maybe it's just just a different culture, I guess, which is weird because we're, we're neighbors. And really, it's like Milwaukee and Chicago. Right? That's where the, the majority of the populations are in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin. Most Bears fans are closer to being Wisconsinites than they are to being Springfieldites. But there is just this different kind of uh, bravado for Bears fans. And again, I don't mind it. I just, if you try to turn that on me, I'm not going to be nice about it. And I, I, you know, I, again, I think I'm fairly cordial to Bears and Vikings fans. Just don't be silly about it. Like, I'm excited to see what Justin Fields can do. I'm feeling good about him. Yeah, it makes sense. He was a great college quarterback. Super good. Super good. A lot better than all the other Ohio State quarterbacks that went on to the NFL and failed. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Optimism, for sure. But this whole we own the North, Rodgers is gone, poverty franchise, Justin Fields is, is, is the next Pat Mahomes or whatever nonsense. Like, all right, well, now, now we've got a problem because <laughs> you're being silly. But yes, anyways, Darnell Mooney, um, fantastic slot receiver. Excuse me, Darnell Mooney. I'm looking at a different tweet now. Darnell Mooney, by the way, is the new elite guy. He's going to take over the world. Statistically kind of had a better year. A lot more receptions and therefore more yards. I mean, he had almost double the amount of receptions. Not as many yards per reception, but 61 receptions, 631 yards, four touchdowns. So he doesn't have that elite touchdown rate, but obviously nobody cares about that. Uh, 68 overall grade, so pretty average, which is what Anthony Miller was. He had a 60 and then a 66 and then a 58, but eh, we'll see. He might take a second-year leap. He might be an elite player, or he might just be a fifth-round prospect that plays like a fifth-round prospect. I don't know. We'll see, but as far as Bears fans are concerned, Darnell Mooney's the next great freak. In other news, Green Bay Packers placed Ray Wilborn on reserve COVID-19 list. Did I have to look up who Ray Wilborn was? Yes. Interestingly enough, um, Kadarius Toney, wide receiver that a lot of Green Bay Packers uh, fans, myself included, kind of liked, although when I found out he was an aspiring rapper and was terrible at it, I quickly decided I didn't, I wasn't really interested. But he is also in the um, reserve COVID protocol. I believe he was the first of anybody that was, uh, basically means he got a positive COVID test. He had to go through uh, league protocol, so there'd be isolating and uh, remote meetings and all that kind of stuff. Pretty much the same as last year. You have to Go hide in your room until you get negative tests, and then you can come back and play. Um, I guess another possible reason for being on the reserve COVID list is if you are unvaccinated and came in close contact. So basically, if you're an unvaccinated player, it's 2020 all over again. And apparently, if you are vaccinated and come close contact, you're fine, which is strange, but whatever. I don't make the rules. Anyways, let's move on to uh, the drama. I said, like I said, I'm going to save the last dance thing until after. One of the people trying to be relevant right now, um, trying to, I shouldn't say relevant, obviously he's relevant, um, trying to squeeze out clicks in the midst of Packers panic, right? Because it's not just about, I want to be a part of this thing that's happening. It's the fact that there is a feeding frenzy, not just by the media, but in a sense, it's almost like it's the media that's chum in the water and we're the sharks or the fish or the bluegill who are going nuts or whatever you want to call it. And so he knows he can drop anything in the water and we're just going to swarm. This via Pro Football Talk. 
Packers linebacker, I don't know if I said Mike Florio, but that's who I'm talking about. Packers linebacker Zadarius Smith gave Twitter a scare on Friday, then downplayed it. So let me pause there. What happened is Zadarius, who has been overtly, overtly positive, happy, loves Green Bay, want to retire here, the whole thing. He said, I need a realtor. And some people panic, but for the most part, we were like, obviously, this isn't like a big deal. He's not selling his house and leaving Green Bay. That would be stupid. There's lots of reasons you need a realtor. You're buying a new home. You're buying your first home. You're buying somebody else a home. Doesn't even, no, he did say in Green Bay. So a lot of reasons, right? Also, could have been a joke. He went on to clarify it later, but I saw one of the things that uh, Adrian Amos said, something to the effect of what, you don't want to be neighbors anymore. This is the thing with, with Twitter. Like, you can just put an inside joke on Twitter and nobody gets it. Adrian might have just been like messing with him and he's like, dude, I'm out of here. And he puts on Twitter, I need a new house or something. You know what I mean? Like it could be anything. Not necessarily saying in this particular case, but anytime we see stuff like that, we got to keep that in the back of our mind. This could be anything. He goes on to say, the truth is, it is that he's believed to be unhappy with his contracts. We don't know, but some believe that he's unhappy with his contract and that he wants security beyond 2021 or he wants out. (sighs) <sighs> All right, let me let me start with this. Um, let me start with this article here. And I know so uh, this is going to happen every time, and I'm going to explain it every time. Some people say, "Stop giving him pop," you know, "Stop clicking on the links," because then he's just going to keep doing it. No, he's giving me content too, so I'm fine with this stupidity, right? He's like a bottom feeder, and I'm like one of those little fish that latches onto the top of the big fish and sucks the scum off of him. That's how this works. It's a, I need him to be alive or, or I don't have sustenance, although I'll just get food elsewhere, but it helps. Also, really, really terrible visual there. Um, so, all right, here's how it starts off. Packers pass rusher Zedaria Smith raised eyebrows on Friday when he tweeted, I need a realtor in Green Bay ASAP. And within 35 minutes, he downplayed the tweet, which I love how he says he downplayed it, as though like he's trying to walk it back. No, he clarified it. He didn't downplay it. He clarified it. For people who are stupid and thought that he was just going to find a new home in Atlanta and become a Falcon or something. Says he downplayed the tweet as a reference to looking for a new house. Funny how he quoted the first tweet, but didn't quote the second one. You know why? Let me read it. Says, are you guys crazy? Laughing face, laughing face, laughing face. The market is up. I'm trying to find a new house. I wonder why he didn't quote that. He quoted the first one. I need a house ASAP. He didn't quote the second one. Why? Because he's, he's literally calling this article stupid. He said, are you guys crazy? In other words, it would be crazy to think that this has anything to do with being unhappy in Green Bay. That's why he didn't quote it. He's deliberately hiding it because he knows that the facts don't really point in the direction that he wants it to point it to. He knows that this is largely nonsense. Continuing on. As one league source explained to PFT, Smith is believed to be unhappy. So one guy who doesn't know, but it, so we know that there's several levels of, of separation here. You got PFT, you've got this guy, and then he has some other source somewhere else because he doesn't know firsthand knowledge. That's why he says believed to be. Believed to be unhappy about the team exercising the automatic conversion option in his contract, converting a large chunk of 2021 salary to guaranteed payment and in turn pushing his 2022 cap number north of $28 million. First of all, I've mentioned I didn't like that either. We'll continue on and I'll elaborate. He knows that come next year, the magnitude of the cap charge for keeping him around means he'll likely be cut or traded. Now, he goes on to clarify this later, but the fact that he put that sentence in there means I need to call him stupid. It doesn't mean that. It does mean that it's almost impossible for the Packers to keep him 
at his current contract. But our two options are not cut or trade. There's also extend or restructure. Likely extend because there's not many, not much room left. By the way, this is the exact same thing we're talking about with Aaron Rodgers. It's almost impossible to carry his cap charge next year, meaning we would either need to restructure, extend, or we got to get rid of him because it's just too expensive. But no duh, we have to do that every year, right? That's what we did this year. Everybody was too expensive. We had to restructure guys or extend guys or do whatever we had to do. I was hoping we would extend more guys. We ended up just restructuring everybody. But the point is we kind of just kicked the can down the road. And all the, all the Packers really did is say, I don't know who I want to extend and who I don't. So we're just going to make it really impossible next year to pay these guys. But, but it's just another year to evaluate. And then we'll figure out who we want to cut and who we want to extend next year. We're, we're delaying that decision one year. And so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Zadarius Smith, and a bunch of other guys have massive cap charges next year that the Packers can't afford. So they, they're going to have to do something about that. Whether or not they keep Zadarius Smith is always a question. Just like Preston Smith, just like any other player, Adrian. Of course, I like the guy and I want him to keep him, but we don't know what's going to happen. And the Packers don't know what's going to happen. They haven't made up their mind. It depends on him. Does he get injured? Does he play well? Does he get, is he, you know, as guys get older, you're kind of waiting to see, you know, are they starting to decline? Should we jump ship before we pay this guy a bunch of money and get tied to him for another three years? I don't know. Let's see. That's all we're doing. Continuing on, Smith, per the source, didn't realize the import of the automatic conversion language. First of all, Again, this is per source. Number one, I find that hard to believe. Number two, if that's the case, that's not the Packers' fault. That's his agent's fault. That's why he has an agent, to make Zedarius understand these things. He needs to understand what's happening, why it's happening, and what we're going to do about it. That's it. If he doesn't know what's happening, the agent is not doing a good job. But again, I really doubt that. These guys do this for a living all day, every day. Said he's also upset that the Packers didn't pay out the 2021 guarantee, $14.76 million in March. By letter of the agreement, the Packers will make the payment in weekly chunks during the season, resulting in Smith getting no benefit from the move. Wait, what? Instead, the restructuring hurts him because it makes the cap number 22 high for the team to carry. Again, exactly. So he's either going to play well, and the Packers will extend him, which, by the way, he's in a good position because they haven't done much to add pass-rushing talent, and we are fairly confident that Preston is probably gone, unless they decide to go a real high-risk route and say, let's just keep Preston because he's cheaper and go with Zadarius, but I I hope that's not the case. But if Zadarius balls out, and they paid him a massive amount of money for a reason because they know he's a star, and he came here and he's been a star. But like everything else, it's a year-to-year business. It's not you were once great, so you're always great. If Zadarius doesn't have that good of a year, the likelihood that their decision is going to be, let's take this money and extend it outward, is lowered. And of course, nobody's going to like this because, again, it puts a target on your back. It puts pressure on you. I have to perform or I'm out. By the way, a lot of guys are that way. Equinemius is that way right now. MVS is that way. Josh Jackson is that way. And none of them like it. Dexter Williams right now. And by the way, the guys that I'm listing have not gotten massive paychecks like Zedarius where they're set for life. Yes, all of these guys are in situations where they have to perform or they may not get a massive contract and they don't like that fact, but it is a fact. And that's a fact for everybody. It's just some people who recently signed their contracts don't really have to perform or get out. But even so, if Zadarius Smith declines a little bit and they decide that they have to cut or trade him for whatever reason because he's not up to par and they don't want to keep him around for the next three years, he's going to go somewhere else and make a ton of money. So if he's upset about that, it's because he wants to stay. And just so you know, 
Um, they have restructured it. And again, I don't like that the Packers did this. They decided to push a bunch of money out instead of extending. But again, the reason being, we're not sure who exactly we should be extending. We'll figure that out after we get another year of evaluation, which I guess kind of makes sense. But rather than extending Zadarius, they they basically, it's kind of funny, they, they took an extension and they just condensed it into one year. So he has $28 million is his cap hit next year. They're not paying $30 million bucks to a pass rusher. He goes on to say, it's not an issue if he signs an extension before next March. Currently, that's not expected to happen. Again, this is another this is another throwaway phrase that you can put anywhere to add to the drama when really it just means nothing. All he's saying is, there's no talk of that whatsoever. Of course there isn't. If the Packers wanted to extend him, they would have done it already. No, there's no new information between when they gave him the contract he has and right now. Nothing. So why would they change their mind right now? If they're going to talk about an extension, it's going to happen after the season, or possibly at the end of the season when they have a clearer picture of, of what's going on. And, and again, a lot of other moving parts. If somebody else plays poorly, they may realize this guy's out of here, and that'll help them make a decision on Zedarius. If, if Rodgers does or doesn't come back, that'll help make decisions, right? So, no. They, they, <laughs> why would they be in contract talks right now? Of course they're not in contract talks right now. So he uses that as a way of saying, as of right now, they're not even discussing it. It's, it's not even believed to be happening. Okay, okay, whatever, who cares? He says, Smith previously displaced his displeasure by making an agent change. Displeasure with who? The Packers or his agent that he fired? Come on, Florio. Jeez. And it's believed that like quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Smith wants security or he wants out. Every single player ever wants security. I've talked about this. Every player and team wants security. But those two things are conflicting. If a team gives the player security, the team no longer has security. Because if the player stops playing well, you're, you have to pay him anyways. If the team has security, that is to say, I'll pay you as long as you play well, but if you don't play well, then I don't have to pay you. The player doesn't have security, and if something goes wrong, they lose all their money. So they have to try to strike a balance. And usually that balance is, I'm going to give you a contract. At the beginning of the contract, you have security. At the end of the contract, I have security. Sidarius is at the end of his contract. And we're talking about the last year of his contract is when it shifts to Packers have maximum security, and Sidarius has very little security. Such is the nature of NFL contracts, almost all of them. By the way, Zadarius has been the most pro-Packers guy of just about anybody except maybe Aaron Jones. And as we know, the nature of the business is nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen. So the point is, th th this really doesn't change anything. Even if he's unhappy, let's just say it's 100% true. What does it change? Name one thing that's changed in your mind, other than Zadarius went from happy to unhappy. What is it? As far as the timeline of events, what, that Zedarius might not be here next year? That was always a thing. If you looked at his contract, you knew that was already a thing. We cannot pay $28 million to Zedarius Smith. That's silly money. That number has to come down. And that'll come down in the event of an extension, which is exactly what they'll give him if he continues to play like a really good football player. If he returns to 2019 form, he's going to get an extension. He's already getting up in age, so it might only be like a two-year extension taking him to 32 years old, but he will get his extension. If he doesn't, they may move on. Some of that also might depend on Rashawn Gary. There needs to be some level of confidence that somebody can take over what Zedarius is doing. And at this time, there's not a huge amount of confidence that we'll be fine without Zedarius. 
especially if we don't have Aaron Rodgers, then we're really kind of ripping this thing apart, and we can afford to pay a little bit more to a guy like Zadarius Smith. You can play, pay stupid money, kind of like the whole DeAndre Hopkins situation. How can they afford to pay stupid money to a wide receiver? Nobody else can afford to pay that much because they have a rookie quarterback. That's why. You can be a little stupid, and by the time it's time to pay the rookie quarterback, then we no longer can afford to pay DeAndre. The reality of Zadarius Smith is the reality of a lot of things. There's way too many questions um, right now to be able to answer future questions. Things will start to come into focus as we move along here. We got a lot of questions that are about to be answered here, hopefully in the next week or so. Then as the season begins, once we find out who gets cut and who stays, once we find out if any big contracts get paid out and what the structure of those contracts are prior to the season, we'll have a clearer picture. As we continue on in the season, looking at things like injuries and performance, wins and losses, all these kinds of things, we'll get a clearer picture. Right now, this is a useless article because it changes absolutely nothing in anybody's life. Of course he doesn't like that contract. It means he's done after this year. He wants more security. That's what he'll get if he gets a new contract. And if he doesn't, he's gone. That's exactly the information we had prior to the article. Thanks a lot, Michael. The only new part is a source who has a source close to a source says that they think he's unhappy. Oh, okay. Looks to me like he's a happy guy. But, you know... I'll trust Mike Florio's source who has a source close to a source that says that he's sad. All right, you got it, bud. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break. If at all you would like to support the Packernet podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Um, I'm going to plan to get my um, fantasy football league set up. Um, If you're not a patron, I'm sorry, there's just no way. We do have a lot of patrons, so even some of the patrons probably won't be able to get in. So um, like I said, what I might do is patrons that donate to the Palmer home get first priority. After that, we'll go to Patreon and we'll look at um, either highest or longest donors. I'm not sure, but we got to work it backwards. We just we have too many people right now, but I'm going to begin that process. Um, And again, if you want to go to the front of the line, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. And uh, you can send, you can do a dollar a month there and you can give a dollar to Palmer Home and you're basically in. If you don't know how to do either of those things, you can reach out to me and we'll get it set up. Otherwise, why don't we go ahead and take a little breaky break and uh, we'll talk about the last dance. Take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so, man, I don't even know what to say about this. Um, so much. Apparently, and not apparently, I mean, it's, it's a thing that happened, but um, in the midst of trying to figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and all this stuff, I believe is on Instagram, which I really need to get plugged in because that's where all the breaking news stuff seems to happen. That's where all the cool kids hang out. Just got to stalk those guys on social media. Devontae Adams... And uh, Michael Jordan, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, posted the same picture on their Instagram at the same time. And the picture is of Michael Jordan and I believe Scottie Pippen in uh, some kind of an iconic last dance kind of thing. I don't know. I didn't watch the last. I probably should. I was a Bucks fan in the 90s. Probably be interesting and nostalgic. And it's, everybody really liked it. So I should check it out. Point is, the implication is that they're saying we're going to have one last run and then right off into the sunset. Um, let's start with this. A lot of people assume that means Rodgers and Devontae are gone next year. I don't know that it has to. I don't know if I want to give them that much credit to be that clever to say that they know that that's exactly the thing. I think more than likely, or at the very least, what it seems to imply is that this is their last year together. So it does seem to imply they're both going to be playing this year. So, again, the future is so wildly unknown, it's ridiculous. It always is, but this year especially. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So all we can do is take things one step at a time, and it seems like the one step that we're aware of that matters is that they're coming back. Again, I don't know. Maybe they're just a bunch of idiots that are just, like, let's just put this on there just to make everybody go crazy and then just do whatever we were going to do anyways, which which is not that. But it would seem as though they're saying they're coming back. And again, it doesn't have to mean Devontae's leaving forever. It doesn't even necessarily have to mean Rodgers is. Maybe that's what they believe. I don't know, man. I don't know. But again, the future will sort itself out in due time. Something else I want to clarify, because now, again, this is why all of social media, including uh, Mr. Negative and some Packer fans, are getting mad at the front office. And, And it's funny because everybody outside of Green Bay has one opinion, and most Packer fans have a completely different opinion, probably because most non-Packer fans are extremely ill-informed. But they all seem to be believing, man, things are really unraveling. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae, and Zedarius are all upset with the front office. Says who? Who said that? Well, duh, it's everywhere. No, no, no. Aaron Rodgers is upset, and he's been upset for about 10 years. Zedarius has never said he's upset. He says he loves Green Bay, he wants to retire here. Devontae Adams took a break from contract negotiations after months of trying to hammer out a deal to stay in Green Bay for a long time. So let's all I'm saying is let's not conflate things here, right? Everything's falling apart. Everybody's leaving. No, no, no. Zadarius is not leaving. He wants to stay. D- D- uh, Devontae wants to stay. Don't know if he's going to stay or not, but if the Packer, point is that the Packers come to him and say, here's the money that you want, he's going to stay. He's never said anything about displeasure. And look, every player has some level of displeasure with somebody in the building. Some of these guys don't like other players. This is the nature of human beings. There are some guys that don't get along in the locker room. Some of the guys are not a big fan of the coaches, whether that's because they're not doing a good enough job coaching or they just don't like the personality. 
some of them maybe don't like Murphy and Gutekunst because, I mean, it's, it's the big boss. It's the one that controls the paychecks. They do all the hiring and firing. They're probably, most GMs and owners are not super popular. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. The point is, if that guy you hate signs the check you want, will you stay and play for the team? And the answer usually is yes. Aaron Rodgers is one of the few exceptions to that rule. Like, ever in the history of the NFL, one of the few exceptions to that rule where the Packers are like, here, here's all the money you could ever want. And he's like, no, I'm just so mad at you, I'm never playing for you again. Okay, Drama Queen. Well, best of luck to you. By the way, Drama Queen is kind of the next, the next point on this whole last dance thing. And again, maybe it's just a big joke. Maybe it's kind of a goof. I don't know. I don't want to take it too seriously if they're not taking it seriously. But I, it, it's the fact that I think that they're serious that makes the whole thing kind of embarrassing. I believe Aaron Rodgers really is taking this thing super serious, which would make sense because look at what he's doing. He can't even be in the room with them. He can't even play for them anymore. I just can't. I just can't do it anymore. Oh, you poor thing. And so now he comes out with, and I really think it's just like, he sees this as this big moment, like where Packer fans fell to their knees and wept when they saw this photo. He's coming back for one last ride. And look, it could have been that way. It really could have been that way had he not caused such a horrible offseason. If this was just a, if, if none of this happened, and it was just rumored that the Packers would move on, and there was never any word about Aaron Rodgers being unhappy, wanting to be traded, wanting to leave, any of that stuff. There was no rumors about any of that stuff at all. And he just posted that picture. Packer fans would have just, hearts would have broken around the world. This poor guy, this great player, done so much for us, and he knows this is probably his last run. But that's not what we're talking about. Now we're talking about, dude, It's you are the one. You're the one leaving. You're the one forcing yourself out. And now, now, now it's just, it's so overly dramatic, like some lame ending to some cheesy chick flick or something. It's like, dude, come on. Can you just go and play football and not be such a drama queen? It's our last ride, bro. We're going out in a blaze of glory, man. I mean, you should have just done Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> You know, what do they do? They drive themselves off a cliff or something. After this year, we die. No, dude, you're going to throw a football at people for massive quantities of money. And then next year, you know, assuming you do leave, somebody else is going to pay you a ton of money, which you already have more money than five people could spend in a lifetime. And I'm talking five people trying real hard to just waste the money. They're going to they're going to give you tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars more to throw footballs at people. And you're going to go on to have a fantastic life. So let's just quit with the nonsense. All right, we'll see what happens. Come on back, give it another ride. And we'll see how it goes. By the way, it was also funny that everybody else is jumping in and goofing. And, and, and it's, it's, I'm trying to decide if, if the whole thing is a goof or if Devontae and Rodgers are being kind of dramatic and everybody else is just kind of laughing at them. Because again, that's kind of like locker room stuff, right? I mean, let's just say you're at a workplace with a bunch of dudes and two guys are in the office. And let's just say one of the guys says, I'm really sorry you're going through that. Are you going to be okay? And a third guy walks in. It's pretty pretty likely that the third guy is going to walk in and say something to the effect of, yeah, you're going to be okay. With having no context of what's going on. I kind of feel like that's what this is, except they do have some context. They're making fun of them. Like, oh, you're Jordan and Pippen? Oh, okay. Well, then I guess I'm Dennis Rodman. 
right? And then everybody just starts goofing on them because they're being goofy. It's time to play football now, okay? Okay, Michael Jordan? Here's my final thought on it, though. It's unfortunate that the thing had to be so goofy because, again, it didn't really have to be this way. (sighs) I think I want to wait for confirmation, see if Aaron Rodgers does, in fact, come back and Devontae's there and everybody's ready to play and we'll see how this thing plays out. But now that all the nonsense is hopefully coming to an end, what I think we have to start transitioning to is actually embracing the nonsense, embracing the silliness of it, because it kind of is. I mean, it it is a really big deal, and it is something that we should be both excited and sad about. And it's, again, it's unfortunate that a lot of us are having a hard time feeling those emotions because we should be. Aaron Rodgers has had a great ride. And for all we know, this thing's about to come crumbling down (laughs) once he leaves. Also, as um, I had a bit of... I had a bit of an epiphany, and it's actually very similar to what happened last year, kind of around this time. Probably was a little bit earlier last year, but I had this thought, and it was, what if Aaron Rodgers not only takes a step in Matt LaFleur's system, what if he takes a massive step? What if you start to see some John Elway stuff? What if you start to see a quarterback who is in a system in which decent quarterbacks can look like really good quarterbacks, and good quarterbacks can be best-in-the-NFL-type quarterbacks? What if Aaron Rodgers takes an MVP-type step? That's what I said last year, and it turns out it happened. There's a couple things I've already talked about that if you just kind of push them together, pretty crazy. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, and I've already said I don't expect him to necessarily repeat as MVP, but there's no real reason to expect him to completely fall off either. Maybe he's number two, maybe he's number three behind Mahomes and Brady or Mahomes and Russell or whatever, doesn't matter. But he's still very, very, very good. And Devontae's still very, very, very good. And the offensive line is still very, very, very good. The run game actually takes a step forward uh, because remember what I said about Aaron Jones and and A.J. Dillon. When they were both on the field at the same time, it was almost always a dominant play. And I think that continues and improves. We also have to add in Amari Rodgers and that dynamic, which is a piece that I think Matt LaFleur has been wanting for some time. Right, so you've got the offense that was number one last year that really shouldn't be too much worse. This, I mean, there's, there's nothing objective to look at minus losing Corey Lindsley to where you would watch that and say, wow, they're going to be a lot worse this year. The biggest issue was was the defense. And when we looked at the defense, the comment that I made was a lot of the regression happened in 2020, which is what happened to a lot of other teams. And there should be a bounce back largely from the Packers, but from most NFL teams um, defensively. So in 2019, we had a real good defense and kind of a shaky offense. 2020, we had a great offense and a shaky defense. What if in 2021, again, drop all the drama, last ride, right? Storybook ending. By the way, um, if you're a YouTuber, maybe NFL.com isn't planning on doing this or ESPN or whatever, you need to find a way to document this and make a little movie out of this. Get Just, just get started now. Start uh, saving your highlight clips. Boss, you know I'm talking to you. Whoever else feels like doing that kind of stuff, go for it. Because if the offense continues and Zadarius does get back to form. And remember, it was largely the pass rushers that regressed across the NFL with having nobody in the stands. I don't know exactly what that is. Again, it might have been the the snap counts and the lack of noise in the stadium, making it easier for tackles to be able to hear the count as opposed to having to look at the center and watch him snap the ball and then kind of turn gay. I don't know. I don't know. Fake theories, but it, it was a real thing. If Zedarius takes a step and Rashawn takes a step and Preston takes a step, talking about for, for two of those guys, we're talking about just getting back to what they were two years ago. So I'm not talking about like some dream scenario where what if they just suddenly become great? I'm talking about just being what they were. And if Rashawn does take a step, 
which will absolutely help Kenny Clark, which by the way, the uh, podcast with um, Coach Hahn will drop tomorrow. If you are a patron, again, dollar a month is all it's going to cost. I posted that yesterday. You can go listen to it. Fantastic insights. And he does talk a good amount about um, the pass rushers and his expectations for Kenny Clark and what he thinks uh, maybe was the cause for some of the lack of pass rush and what the Packers are going to be doing. He says he has a sneaking suspicion of what they're going to be doing with him. So a little bit of insight into that. You might want to check it out or just wait till tomorrow, whatever you want to do. But with the increased pressure off the edge, that's going to free up Kenny Clark quite a bit on top of the fact that there is some kind of an expectation that they're just going to use him more as a pass rusher. At that point, there's really only a couple questions. Is there going to be regression and how much? And what are we going to get from Eric Stokes? Answer those questions. And um, we might be looking at one of the more dominant teams in football. Because if there's no real regression from Savage and Amos, we have probably the best safety duo in football. Debatably, but it's a debate that doesn't matter, right? If you, if you just pick out the best of the best and you say that they're the worst of that group, fine, I don't care. Same with like Rodgers. Well, he was third out of elite dominant quarterbacks. Oh, shoot. You hate to see it. Jair, right? I don't necessarily expect him to repeat as a number one corner. I just don't want him to massively drop off. And to be honest, it happens a lot where guys drop off in a big way. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen because he's extremely talented. And it was even before his big breakout, people were watching him going, this guy's special. But that's a question. Is he going to drop off and how much? At that point, the only weakness on this entire team is Kevin King. That's the only area where if he just has a terrible day, we're just getting annihilated. But if Eric Stokes can come in and just be competent, I mean, just, just, I shouldn't, that's not the nicest way to say that. Just be consistent. Kevin King is extremely competent for a while. But then there are a couple plays, which is all it takes, where it's just like, what in the world are you doing? Tampa Bay, for example. It's not that every play was terrible, but the terrible plays kind of lost us the game. That halftime thing never should have happened at all. There should have been no points for Tampa Bay at halftime. It was also partly our defensive coordinator's fault, but just it was a combined effort between those two guys, and it was just incredible. But again, like I said, no team has no weaknesses. The Packers almost have no weaknesses with the exception of linebacker. I'm not necessarily saying this could be the 1996 Packers, but at the very least, I you know call it the 1995 Packers, a team that is feared offensively and defensively. It's a, it's a rare feat, but it does happen. And the point is the Packers have the players and the personnel to make it happen. They have the guys to make it happen, right? I mean, it, the Vikings. The Vikings are a team that could make that happen and have in the past. They've got the offense and the defense. Is it going to come to fruition? I don't know. Tampa, offense and defense. Rams, maybe offense and defense. But I'm, I'm not just talking about competent. I'm talking about dominant. I'm talking about, I don't know which is scarier. And I love how, in what way, right? You look at the Rams, why is the defense so, it's, you got one guy in the middle of the field, that's why. Aaron Donald. Well, in the, the corners who are overrated but talented. They don't have the safeties. They have no edge rushers. And offensively, they don't have Aaron Rodgers and they don't have Devontae Adams and they don't exactly have the same running backs that we do. Point is, you look at the top teams and you say the Packers can and should be better. Again, things got to break a certain way. And I know we're all kind of just fed up and we're all tired and we're all exhausted and we're all upset about one thing or another. We're either mad at Aaron Rodgers or we're mad at Brian Gutekunst or whatever. But what I'm saying is as we get closer to the season, it's time to start pivoting toward being excited about the Packers. And once I turned and looked at what we have, assuming Rodgers and Devontae come back and, 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 and this last dance thing kind of adds to the fire as much as we all looked at it and rolled our eyes like, you bunch of dummies. 
it's kind of like, all right, let's let's run with that. Let's let's yeah, okay, it's a little lame, but let's pretend it's not. Let's run with that. Aaron Rodgers believes this might be his last shot. Cool. Let's uh that's that's a good thing for us. Cause I have a feeling if he believes this is his last chance with the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams and this team and this 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 whole thing that he's built, this is his last opportunity to get that ring that he feels he's deserved for the last fifty hundred thousand years. I don't know how that works, but I'm sure he believes he deserves every Super Bowl even before he was born. Then let's run with that. Let's do that. Let's embrace that. Right? There was the whole chip on his shoulder because of Jordan Love thing last year. He assuming that's what it was, I don't know. Probably also had something to do with him knowing he was on his way out, so he won MVP. And again, it worked. It was great. It was fantastic. Let's do it again. But instead of, I'm going to do this so that I get to stay and everybody else gets fired and I get this big, long contract, he's doing it because he knows he's gone and he wants to, I don't know, either sail off into the sunset, prove the Packers are stupid, win a contract with another team, all the above. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Point is, don't care. 2021 is what I'm focused on. And this is a good thing. And seriously, look at Tampa. Let's look at Tampa. Who has a better quarterback? Let, let's just give him quarterback. All right, Brady's Brady's going to be better than Rodgers. All right, fine. What about wide receiver? Do they have a Devontae Adams on their team? No, they don't. They don't. They might. Evans has been good in the past, right? It's been a little while since he was a dominant guy. He's never been number one. He was the second best wide receiver in 2016. He was 40th this past year. Um, you've got Antonio Brown, obviously, who was their number one guy, because obviously we got to get every scumbag we can to just try to force feed Tom Brady Super Bowls, but whatever. Gronkowski isn't what he was. Godwin was 31st. Um, So the Packers have, let's just say Brady's better. Okay, who has better running backs? Packers do. Who has better offensive line? I would say the Packers do. Who has better wide receivers? I don't know. I'm guessing most people would say it's not the Packers, because what we're told to believe is you got Devontae and a bunch of guys who are just the worst in the world which is obviously not true. If we look at um, the top three against the top three, Devontae Adams was number one, Antonio Brown was 16th. If you look at the number two uh, on the boundary, Alan Lazard was 50th, Mike Evans was 40th. So would you rather have the 16th and 40th or the number one and the 50th? That's the thing. Nobody will ever admit that Alan Lazard was almost as good as Mike Evans last year because it's the name thing. Mike Evans is a freak. Alan Lazard is some nobody loser. And then in the slot, they have Godwin, who's really good, and we have Amari Rodgers, who we don't know if he's going to be very good. So, I mean, if you want to give him wide receiver, you can, but I don't think I want to. So I'll take Packers offensive line, Packers running back, Packers wide receivers. What about defensive line? Vita Vea was better than, than Kenny Clark. What about the supporting cast? Well, obviously, obviously, the Packers are terrible. Obviously. Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, and Dean Lowry is a joke. Oh, okay. Well, and Dominican Sue was ranked 60th last year, and uh, Kingsley Kiki was ranked 46th. Kenny Clark was 23rd, Kiki was 46th. Um, they have Sue, who was ranked 68th, and Golston was ranked 71st. Just because they have big-name guys doesn't mean they're great guys. Now, granted, again, defensive coordinator did a great job with these pieces, but individually, they none of them graded out very well. Pass rushers, Jason Pierre-Paul, 66 overall grade, 49th overall, Shaq Barrett, big stat guy, 74 overall grade, 22nd. Zadarius Smith, even on a down year, had a 76 overall grade and was 14th. So I would take Packers pass rushers and maybe their defensive line just because they have Vita Vea. The problem is everybody else is extremely old and not talented. So I'm kind of just taking Vita Vea. What about corners? Who has better corners? Who are their corners? Well, they have Sean Murphy bunting 
and uh, what's his name? Carlton Davis? Yeah, Carlton Davis. Second round pick. He's in his, uh, going into his fourth year, he was in his third year last year. He had a 65 overall grade, 46th. Sean Murphy Bunting, another young guy, played his second year last year, had a 59 overall grade, 68th overall. Packers, Jair Alexander, 90.7, and PFF has Eric Stokes already starting over here. Now, obviously, Kevin King, not very good, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers corners are not good. Linebackers, who would you take? I would obviously take their linebackers. No question. However, it is worth noting, as I've said a thousand times, Devin White in his two years, 51.9 overall grade last year, 48.1. So he got worse, right? The only thing he does well is pass rush, 80.1 overall grade. His run defense grade, a linebacker, run defense, 38 overall grade coverage, 49. He was a fifth overall pick. He ranked 62nd out of 83 linebackers. He graded out worse than Kamal Martin and Devondre Campbell. And Devondre Campbell did not grade out very well. He had a 49 overall grade. The only guy he was better than is Barnes, and barely. However, Levante David is a freak, and so they have better linebackers. And then, again, safeties. They've got uh, Mike Edwards, who had a 76 overall grade. It was kind of a one-year breakout thing. And then Antoine Winfield is a rookie, 67 overall. The Packers have Savage, 72 overall grade, who was 17th, and Amos, who was second in the NFL. So to recap, Packers have better safeties, better pass rushers, better corners, probably better wide receivers, better offensive line, better running backs, also possibly better defensive line and better quarterback. The only thing we know for sure they have better is linebackers. It's about execution, man. It really just comes down to execution. It's about putting this stuff all together. And the Packers have got to start doing a better job of that. You have the pieces. No more crying. And it's also why I hate Brian Gutekunst getting hate. This guy has built a super team, and the coaches need to figure out how to make it work. Obviously, Matt LaFleur and the offense did a great job. They put it together, right? They did it. Despite all the idiots in the media talking about how they need to get better wide receivers and all this nonsense, nonsense. They have the pieces. Matt LaFleur put it together. We need a defensive coordinator that looks at this and says, I have a dominant safety duo. I have a great group of pass rushers. I have Kenny Clark, who is a freak, who has not you know, been used as a freak since uh, Petten got on board, but we know it's in there. We have Jair Alexander, who is currently the reigning best corner in football. And let's not forget talking about how worried we are about regression. Big reason for optimism for Jair Alexander and especially the safeties who did get a lot better as the season progressed is our DB coach, who is a freak from Minnesota. We hired him. The hope was that he would make these guys really good. Number one corner, number two safety, and Savage became in the second half of the year, either the number one or the number two corner in the second half of the season. Eric Stokes is going to be learning from him as well as Alexander and the rest of the guys. There is no reason why, at the very least, we're talking about top 10 offense and defense, and there should be top 5 offense and real close to top 5 defense. That should be the expectation. Is that going to happen? Probably not, but it should be, and we should expect nothing less than that. It's about guys stepping up. Alexander, Amos, Savage, Zadarius, Rashawn, Kenny, Kiki, Stokes, all these guys need to step up. Rodgers needs to be there. Adams needs to stay up there. Bakhtiari, whenever he comes back, needs to stay up. Jenkins, stay up. Lazard, Amari, Jones, Dylan. This is an unbelievably stacked team, and I don't care what guys like Mike Florio and, and even the, the commentators on PFF who apparently don't even use their own website as a resource. I don't care what anybody has to say about this. The media doesn't know anything. The only thing they know is how to push our buttons to make us click and get angry and make them a lot of money. They're stupid. 
If they can't look at this team and see what it is, they're not very bright, and that's fine. We don't need to use them as a resource. We can use our own brains as a resource to say this should be the best team in football. This should be a fantastic season, and if we're going to take all this information and couple it with Rodgers and Devontae feeling like this is our last ride, let's put it all on the line, let's get excited about that. It's time to put all that stuff in our rearview mirror. All right, we still have another week to kind of evaluate what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on with Rodgers, but let's, let's just say let's at least get ready to pivot, and let's pivot hard. Let's pivot real hard. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow you will be getting the uh, Coach Hawn interview, so I actually technically get the day off. But uh, you guys have a great day, and I will talk to you when I talk to you. Bye-bye.